Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The Crisis Next Door, a weekly report on the biggest conflicts around the world with host Jason Brooks. Thanks for listening to The Crisis Next Door. I'm Jason Brooks. Nicaragua is bringing back memories of Central America in the 1980s. And those are some nightmarish memories if you think back to the death squads, human rights abuses, and general devastation from years of fighting in El Salvador, Guatemala, and Nicaragua. At that time, Central America was fertile ground as a Cold War proxy fight between the U.S. and Soviet Union. The U.S. backed the Contra rebels against the governing Sandinistas, who had toppled the prior regime but lost that fight. Three decades later, and Nicaragua is once again dealing with reports of death squads as violence increases in response to the ruling government. It's estimated that more than 400 civilians have been killed in the past three months, and another 2,000 have been injured in battles against the government. The Crisis Next Door is joined by Mark Schneider, Senior Advisor with the Americas Program and the Human Rights Initiative with the Center for Strategic and International Studies. Mark, thanks for joining us. Nicaragua has been relatively quiet on the global stage for some time. What has sparked this crisis? Well, to some degree, I think the it's been a slowly building crisis as a result of the Sandinista government of Daniel Ortega and his wife, Rosario, um, who have, he, as you know, um, is now the vice president. Uh, While well, he, he was elected fairly in 2006, uh, over the next 10 years, he basically has taken control in a non-democratic fashion of the other institutions of government, that is the Supreme Court, the legislature, the police, and has essentially wiped out the uh, possibilities for any uh, opposition competitive uh, process. And then over time, as the situation has gotten worse, um, the situation for the population has become quite dire. And at the beginning of this year, he decided to uh, undertake in April a, a major change in the Social Security system and reducing benefits and also increasing the cost of Social Security to the population. People went out on the streets. And rather than negotiate uh, any kind of uh, compromise at the time, uh, his police and, unfortunately, a group of paramilitary that are responsive to the Ortega government uh, began carrying out widespread repression. Uh, and as you said, the result since then is some 400 dead and, and 2,000 injured. Uh, and that really has been the, the sort of the history of where we are today. What's the makeup of the anti-government protesters? Uh, what kind of groups are involved? Is it a firm alliance in of itself? In a sense, it's a, a very eclectic group, constituting uh, university students from, I would suspect, all parts of the political spectrum in Venezuela. Uh, the Catholic Church has come out very strongly uh, against the government because of the repression and human rights abuses. 
the business sector, which had over the last decade has essentially acceded to Danielle increasing his authoritarian control because he has left them alone, uh, they finally felt that the he'd crossed the line and they've come out very strongly against him. Essentially, all parts of the, the political and economic uh, makeup of the country have opposed the, the recent steps that he's taken and the repression. Um, there are also now, we've understood, some 24,000 uh, people who fled to Costa Rica, uh, and the signs are of the situation deteriorating further unless there's a, a change, and the kind of change that people are calling for is a, a change that the church and the opposition, the range of opposition forces, have called for, which is uh, a transition, early elections, uh, under a... Um, under a fair and independent electoral tribunal and with a different uh, Supreme Court. Daniel Ortega has uh, essentially turned the country into a, a family-owned, um, at this point, uh, near di dictatorship. And there's tremendous irony there. Uh, Ortega led the Sandinista revolution in the late 70s, overthrowing the Somoza family, which had ruled Nicaragua for over 40 years. Uh, it seems as Ortega has become the person that he helped overthrow all the way back in 1979. No question about it. I was in the Human Rights Bureau in 1978-79, uh, the State Department, um, and I can tell you that there was significant uh, U.S. pressure in support of the opposition to Somoza, and, uh, and ultimately Daniel Ortega represented uh, the... the vast majority uh, desire of the, of the Nicaraguan people for an end to the Somoza dictatorship. And, uh, and then you went through a decade of conflict in Nicaragua where the U.S. government opposed uh, the Sandinistas, which had declared themselves uh, communist at the time. And in the middle of the Cold War, Nicaragua was sort of one of the, the, the hot spots. Um, and finally, at the end of the 80s, uh, the Sandinistas accepted a supervised election, which Ortega thought he would win, and he did not. He lost. Violeta Chamorro won. Uh, I attended the inauguration. And uh, the problem was that in the aftermath, uh, the Nicaraguan political class was unable to put together uh, an effective uh, government that responded to still a very poor country's needs. And um, by 2006, uh, the Sandinistas came back. And, and Ortega did away with presidential term limits. Is, is, is he firm on holding on to the presidency now after he lost an election way back when, when he didn't think he would, and now he, he intends to stay in office for as long as he can, or, or perhaps his wife, who is the vice president? I think it's quite clear that they had intended for her to become the next president. And uh, the... the taking control over the electoral tribunal, the, the National Electoral Council. Um, at the last election, uh, two years ago now, they essentially barred the opposition party from putting forth its candidate and in, a, in a unique, not unique, in a, in a very clever way they took control of the party and said, uh, you know, your candidate is no longer the candidate of this party. We'll put in 
we'll put our candidate there. And then in the end, essentially, Daniel ran unopposed. Is Ortega's wife, Rosario Murillo, seen as a puppet of Ortega, or is she more powerful than that? And how is she viewed by Nicaraguans? I would say generally the people feel that the situation is reverse, that Rosario is the, the hard line uh, in that couple, and that she's the one who is uh, essentially calling the shots. And the, the, the view right now, I think, is that uh, what's happening is happening as a result of her decision-making. And the two of them, I should add, are believed to be significantly involved in corruption and, uh, and siphoning off uh, funding, government funding, uh, for their own benefit. And we talked about the anti-government protesters. It's a pretty broad alliance. Uh, but it seems that Ortega does have two key groups on his side. That would be the military and police. Any cracking of faith in those groups with Ortega, or are they pretty firm in his camp? Actually, the, the police, yes. There's no question that the police uh, are totally controlled and totally uh, taking direction from, uh, from the, the presidential palace. Uh, they've also put together, and again, the police have put together these paramilitary, they're called turbos, uh, they've put together these paramilitary uh, militias, which have uh, carried out much of the direct violence against the, the demonstrators. I think that the army is a separate issue. The army in Nicaragua traditionally has had a fairly high approval rating. It's been, it's been outside the political uh, developments and, uh, and thus far is still not uh, clearly engaged itself in the, uh, in the repression of the opposition. Uh, there's been a call for it to, in fact, carry out the Constitution and disarm these paramilitary groups. It has not done that either. Uh, so there's some question about where the military, the Army particularly, where they are. And you should also know that many of the former Sandinistas, including Ortega's, Daniel's brother, Humberto, who was the former Minister of Defense of the Sandinistas and the head of the Army, uh, many of the former members of what used to be a nine-person Sandinista secretariat, they've come out against Ortega and against Rosario and against the tendency of the two of them to establish a dictatorial control over the country. You're listening to The Crisis Next Door. I'm Jason Brooks. We're talking about Nicaragua with Mark Schneider, Senior Advisor with the Americas Program and the Human Rights Initiative with the Center for Strategic and International Studies. In most countries, the army will be more powerful than the police force. Not, not in all cases, though. And would that be the case here in Nicaragua? Has Ortega built up the police to be on an equal footing with the military? Is there much of a difference between the two forces? Well, there is in the sense that the military has... Uh, heavy weaponry, tanks, etc., um, and that the police do not. Um, if if there was a direct standoff between the army and the police, I think the army would would militarily um, win. But uh, in terms of the the actions on uh, against demonstrators, crowd control, uh, the the police have traditionally been the ones that have been used going back into the past. The international response has seemed somewhat tepid to this point. The Organization of American States have condemned Ortega. 
But the president-elect of Mexico has said he's not interested in intervening in Nicaragua, while support for Ortega has come from Venezuela and Cuba. Uh, what could be done to force Ortega to give concessions to the uprising from outside of Nicaragua? Well, I think that, that one would hope that the administration um, would do even more to um, encourage the what they call the Lima Group, which has become engaged on Venezuela, that is a group of countries that includes Brazil, Argentina, Chile, Uruguay, Peru, uh, Paraguay, um, most of Central America, uh, except for El Salvador, and, uh, and much of the Caribbean. Some 21 countries voted of, on a fairly strong resolution, not strong enough in my view, but uh, at the OAS last week. Tomorrow they're going to have another uh, meeting of the Organization of American States to consider Nicaragua, and hopefully a stronger resolution will be adopted. And I think that there's a potential there for Latin American countries to come together uh, on a strong position. I should add that Mexico is, is not quite as clear um, as you, you indicated in terms of what would happen once uh, AMLO takes office, which is not until December 1st. Between now and then, the current government continues to be uh, in charge, if you will. And, uh, and the other is that there's a distinction between what you say when you're not in office and what you do when you are in office. And I would hope that, that um, Lopez Obrador would consider uh, both the implications for the country's relationship um, with the rest of the hemisphere as well as the United States uh, when he does take office. And also, to be frank, consider whether he wants to be seen aligning himself with a government that's carried out the kind of attacks on the Catholic Church, on bishops, and on the uh, on young students, as uh, Ortega has. How critical of a role does the Catholic Church have in Nicaragua? Well, traditionally, it has been almost a decisive part of uh, civil society. The Church came out against Somoza. Um, the Archbishop um, uh, Obanda uh, came out at, at one point very strongly against Somoza. Um, he had he was also opposed to the Sandinistas during the, the 80s, but he made, Daniel made a, a certain degree of uh, concessions. He and Rosado were married by the archbishop, who just died in the last couple of weeks. But the Catholic Church continues to represent uh, the vast majority of, um, of the active uh, Nicaraguans. It, it's a major factor. Is there a chance that the 1980s could return to Central America? Uh, Nicaragua's neighbors to the north, Honduras and El Salvador, are dealing with skyrocketing crime and violence. The problems in Nicaragua, is it something that they could move over into those countries as well? I don't think so. This is, not a, this is, this is truly not an ideological clash. It's a, uh, it's, it's a popular response to unacceptable actions by the, that government. And, and I don't think that that's in any way likely to be replicated. Um, there's no direct link between what's happening there and what's happening in other countries in Central America, which have their own problems. But uh, no, I don't think so. I think the real question is whether inside Nicaragua, whether the opposition, which is essentially is confronting the government without arms, decides to purchase arms 
Um, and there were lots of weapons available uh, around and at that point to see a more direct, violent confrontation. At this point, the opposition has been largely peaceful, largely nonviolent, with some, you know, some students at some point maybe throwing something at the police. There have been several police that have been killed, uh, but there's no serious, organized, armed opposition to the government. The vast number of tens of thousands of people on the streets uh, in opposition and carrying out strikes, those are all nonviolent, peaceful actions. Ortega doing everything he can right now to suppress the uprising, but in your mind, would this be a fight to the end for Ortega? Do you think he would willingly give up office? But the word willingly is probably the answer to that is no. The question is whether or not he would see the his best option for leaving a longer life in some kind of uh, semblance of security better served by leaving the country and going to some place like Cuba. This is almost like a, a Latin America spring, sort of like the Arab Spring that occurred, at least taking place in Nicaragua right now. Do you, do you think there is a decent chance of success for this pro-democracy movement? Decent chance, yes. I think the opposition needs to perhaps come together and define a strategy going forward and let people know what it will do, uh, assuming a trend, an organized, managed transition. Uh, I think that still will require Daniel and Rosario to leave the country ahead of time. I think the international community needs to come forward with a much stronger demand that that take place. And uh, sanctions, as you know, the United States government has uh, sanctioned three uh, of uh, the officials around Daniel for human rights violations, and there are many more that could easily be the subject of human rights and corruption uh, sanctions. Um, but I think there needs to be a stronger, unified Latin America, U.S., Canada diplomatic effort put forward. going to be interesting to see how all of this develops. The Crisis Next Door has been joined by Mark Schneider, Senior Advisor with the America's Program and the Human Rights Initiative with the Center for Strategic and International Studies. And we've been talking about the crisis in Nicaragua. Mark, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. And I'm Jason Brooks. Thanks for joining us on The Crisis Next Door. Till next time. The Crisis Next Door with host Jason Brooks is produced weekly. If you have any thoughts for Jason, email him at tcndpodcast at kcbsradio.com. Again, that's tcndpodcast at kcbsradio.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.